Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. President Biden takes executive actions to tackle the climate crisis at home and abroad, create jobs, and restore scientific integrity across federal government. That's actually referred to as the fact sheet from the White House. Has he tackled the climate crisis? Is it an actual crisis? Has he created any jobs? And what scientific integrity is he even referring to? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. President Biden's executive orders on climate just mean you're going to have a harder time getting a job. His executive orders on climate state that quite clearly... Quite clearly, we are taking a look at a, an administration that wants to tell you how they're going to create jobs for you. But they haven't told you that the jobs are created. It's like when Barack Obama told you that the shovel-ready jobs weren't that shovel-ready. Because there are no jobs that they have ready. None whatsoever. And they can't promise any jobs either. And they do not care. Because the people, the very people who love these executive orders are the people completely unaffected by them. The people on the coasts feel nothing except joy when President Biden says, we're going to get rid of the Keystone XL pipeline. Uh, Okay. I mean, oh, they cheer it and they adore it. Why? Because no part of it affects their life at all. The 11,000 people who are without a job, it affects their life. All the ancillary businesses that supported those 11,000 people, it affects their life. And since those 11,000 people, probably not enough to change any election anyhow, why not just take care of those coastal elite who ensure your elections anyway? It's okay if you bankrupt parts of the nation. It's okay if you stop progress. It's okay for you to be cultists because we are talking about a cult here. The executive actions taken by the Biden administration, as from as nonsensical as joining the Paris Climate Accord, which isn't necessary because we're already doing a better job of lowering emissions than the climate accords ask for. All it does is say, hey, Europe, we know how important it is to you that we, you know, act right. So here, we'll be a part of this so you can tell us when we're acting wrong. 
Joe Biden can say that tackling climate change will create jobs all he wants, but it hasn't created a job yet. So maybe before you take away the jobs, you should create jobs so people can say, son of a gun, that'd be job creation. But none of that happens. None of that comes close to happening. Instead, we get lip service from people like John Kerry, the envoy, the climate envoy for the president. And how do you speak to the concerned oil and gas workers as well? We need to put them to work. We need to absolutely put them to work. We need to keep them in their communities where they live. We need to make sure that the factories are coming to those communities whether it's a new electric car factory or it's making blades for windmills or turbines or whatever. We have great need for people to work in this field. And, and it's critical. I've had, I- we have great need, but we don't have the jobs. And the jobs are certainly not the jobs that are already in where you live. We have to bring them to you. At what cost, by the way? How do you force that to take place? No answer. No answer whatsoever. Less than none. And they're proud of it. They are proud that, look, we're not sure. We hope this is going to work. But in the meantime, just do it. It is sick and it is twisted and it is in every single way wrong. But they don't care. And so they look at the, the, these things, they, they, they look at what they've done regarding the climate change nonsense about their climate change policies, and they pat themselves on the back. That is not the way things are done in a rational society. Nobody pats themselves on the back for a job not even started. But it's all we're seeing. Know that when you take a look, when you when you see how it is uh, that they engage, they are patting themselves on the back for jobs that simply do not exist. It's all based on hope. They hope there will be jobs. That doesn't do anything for the 11,000 people who are out of a job. Zero. Now, we've been following and we've been uh, watching what's going on with uh, with GameStop and with AMC and, and with this whole thing in the stock market. And I shared with you a, a tweet where Representative Ocasio-Cortez was discussing how the Robinhood app said you're not allowed to buy certain stocks, right? There's volatility, and the internet is messing with the hedge fund guys and, and, the, and, the, and the big institutional lenders and, and, and uh, institutional buyers. And so groups like the Robinhood app, which is a, an online app, right, your phone app, that lets you buy and sell, is supposed to democratize you know, decentralize the trading and really help people get in there. Uh, they said, sorry, you can't purchase certain stocks. You can sell them if you own them, but you can't purchase them. Sorry about that. 
because the market's getting too out of hand. Well, ain't that something? That led to a tweet from Representative Ocasio-Cortez, who said this is unacceptable. We now need to know more about the Robinhood app's decision to block retail investors from purchasing stock while hedge funds are freely able to trade the stock as they see fit. As a member of the Financial Services Committee, I'd support a hearing if necessary. It's a weird moment where the right and the left comes together. And I even said so. And Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz, responded, fully agree. Representative Ocasio-Cortez responded, I am happy to work with Republicans on this issue where there's common ground, but you almost had me murdered three weeks ago so you could sit this one out. Happy to work with almost any other GOP that aren't trying to get me killed. In the meantime, if you want to help, you can resign. <laughs> and that's Ocasio-Cortez. Man, she, she's quick with a, with, a, with, a, with a tweet. She's quick with a tweet. They, they, they tried to get her, her killed, don't you? Don't you know? Well, there was a riot. That much did happen. But as we know from the Washington Post, a planned riot that had nothing to do with Ted Cruz. And you could agree or disagree with Ted Cruz saying that he wanted to, uh, to take a look at this and we should take a 10-day pause and gather all the information together. She couldn't take a moment to say, hey, there's agreement, let's work on this. Nope, nope, can't work with you. You know who's trying to get people killed? The Biden administration taking away livelihoods, taking away the ability for people to feed their families. Representative Ocasio-Cortez has noted that the Biden climate plan looks a lot like the Green New Deal, because it does. He wasn't in favor of the Green New Deal, but via executive order, he wants to implement a lot of these ideas and concepts. So as Ocasio-Cortez is killing families. Why? Well, there's, there's no difference. There's no difference because you didn't show up with zip ties? Right. That guy showed up. Oh, he's nuts, and he should not have been allowed in the building. But he showed up. He shouldn't have been allowed in the building. Every part of him was wrong, but he showed up. Ocasio-Cortez is the kind of person who wants to commit crimes, but, you know, is, 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 is too afraid of getting her hands dirty. Thank goodness you could just commit them via legislation. The crime is against humanity, of course. That's exactly what we're seeing from the Joe Biden climate nonsense. And I can't imagine that any other Republicans going to want to work with Ocasio-Cortez either. And thus the divide continues. I'm Tony Katz. came across as a flash on Fox News, and producer Ari's eyes almost came out of his head. And he couldn't believe what he was seeing. I'm like, what, what's, what's, the, what's the problem? The problem is New York. <laughs> That's always the problem. That's not enough, producer Ari. You need to be more specific. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, 833 got Tony, 833-468-8669. He says 50% higher. 
I'm like, you got to speak in complete sentences. All I have from you, Producer Ari, is New York and 50% higher. And he said, nursing home deaths 50% higher. His eyes as big as his head. And so I looked. And the reporting out today is that in New York, the nursing home deaths may have been 50% higher than reported. Oh, my. Oh, holy hell. I, too, would not have been able to speak in complete sentences. These are the findings of the Attorney General of New York, Letitia James who's been investigating nursing homes since last year, released that report, the initial report Thursday. Now, we know, because we have been covering it from the beginning together, guys, that Cuomo said to nursing homes, you have to comply. You don't have an option. You have to do what we tell you to do. You have to take those nursing home patients back. And the nursing home said, don't, don't make us do that. Don't make us do that. We can't take these people back. We need to put them uh, in the Jacob Javits Field Hospital. And Chris Cuomo said no. And they said, we need to put these people on the U.S. Naval Ship Comfort. And Cuomo said no. And so they went back to the nursing homes where they spread coronavirus. Because of his policies, because of Governor Cuomo's policies, people died. This is the way it is. There's just no debate. None. Absolutely, positively none. I mean, you go back in history, man, he's lied about this repeatedly. And we never needed nursing home beds because we always had hospital beds. So it just never happened in New York where we needed to say to a nursing home, we need you to take this person even though they're COVID positive. It never happened. We had extra beds. We had extra beds at Javits. We had extra beds at uh, emergency hospitals that we put up all across the state. So it just never happened that we needed a nursing home to take a COVID positive person. That's just lying. That's what he did from beginning to end. I would ask his brother Chris Cuomo uh, about this, but he was too busy doing, you know, little cutie uh, segments with his brother. You know, segments where they had the big giant Q-tip. Ha, 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 everybody's getting a swab. I can handle things. I'm smart. I'm like everybody says. Like, dumb. I'm smart and I want respect. Yeah, you do, Chris. You want the respect. Good for you. 50% higher. 
Let's be no, not conspiracy. This is not this is not Letitia James trying to get one over on no, no, Andrew no. Cuomo. That's not what I'm saying. Now I'm no big city lawyer, but I know that three or four percent higher. That could you know I could attribute that to a rounding error. Fifty percent seems like some that had to be a concerted effort to change these numbers. That's not just an accidental thing. That's too big for it not to be. Don't you play the music? I. That's fifty percent is too big. That they had to have been told not to do that. Wait, who had to be told what? The nursing homes would not do fifty percent report fifty percent lower on their own. There's no possible way. Oh no 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 no! I don't think that they were necessarily uh, reporting it incorrectly. We're gonna find out whether or not these were reports that were given out by the state themselves, and they're the ones who manipulated the numbers. Or we're gonna find out that there was a certain way to categorize certain deaths, deaths. and so therefore, if the person and we actually no 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 wait, we did this story. If someone got coronavirus from a nursing home but actually died in the hospital, it was not considered a nursing home death. We did that story, which, of course, everybody knows is is nonsense. It's a nursing home death. So this could just be a conversation of reporting, but more it's going to be to what as when we take a look at total numbers, you realize that Andrew Cuomo is inept. He's incompetent. He is incapable. And New Yorkers know it and we see it. This guy won an Emmy for being cool, calm, and collected and giving us the real deal on coronavirus. He had this ridiculous poster that showed how New York got over the the hill, over the mountain on coronavirus and Ben Stiller and 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 Robert De Niro and Spike Lee all coming out to say, that's our guy, Governor Cuomo. And you want to know why people don't trust media and don't trust celebrities and don't want to get lectured to by these nonsense fools? Tell Ben Stiller to throw some more crap in his hair, make a sexual innuendo, and move on. <laughs> you want you want to challenge me? You want to challenge Spike Lee? Make a movie where you don't call me a racist. And Robert De Niro, try and get through a conversation without talking about wanting to punch people in the face. Talk about inciting people to riot. Whoo! Yeah, bad news for Cuomo. But it's really bad news for all of us. Certainly bad news for the people who didn't get a chance to do their families better while they were in nursing homes. Reggie Jackson. That's right, Reggie Jackson. I'm Tony Katz. Man, I did not realize how right we were regarding why Kurt Schilling didn't get into the Hall of Fame. I know it wasn't a secret, but I didn't realize people were going to be so just absolutely and completely open about it. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Reggie Jackson, he, you know, Mr. October himself, Mr. October. he 
is letting Kurt Schilling know why he wasn't voted into the Hall of Fame. As a matter of fact, nobody got voted into the Hall of Fame this year. The Basketball Writers Association of America, basketball, baseball, eh. The baseball, I said, two, I was thinking of two Bs. Baseball Writers Association of America. They're like, sorry, nobody qualifies. Nobody's going to get enough votes in order to make this happen. Well, uh, Barry Bonds was one of them, and Roger Clemens was one of them, and performance-enhancing drugs or other things, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the reason. We people can agree or disagree. Kurt Schilling, Kurt Schilling because he's a conservative, because he has said some things that people are like, how dare you? Well, Reggie Jackson saying uh, in a story that was published at NJ.com, NewJersey.com, I would say to Kurt, look at what you did. You took yourself out of the Hall of Fame because of what you say and how to express yourself and how you think. Freedom of speech is great, but we can't have a country with white supremacy, Nazis, Black Panthers, racist stuff, and anti-Semitics. We can't have people wearing swastikas because it's a freedom of expression. Come on. That's exa- I'm telling you that's what he said. Understand that Reggie Jackson doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. He finished up with freedom of speech, got you freed out of the Hall of Fame. Freedom of speech got your ass out of Cooperstown, bro. That's a bad idea. And he says, I don't care if Schilling is conservative or not conservative. That doesn't have anything to do with the fact that he's stepping out on the balcony and yelling out something to defame Jews or Muslims or any other ethnicity or gender. Kurt, get away from here with that. Wait, whoa, whoa. He defamed Jews or Muslims or other ethnicities? No, there was a tweet a while ago that people said that, you know, he was he was being not so kind to Muslims, but he deleted the tweet. But that's, I, you know, it's a bad tweet. What do you want me to do? S- singular. Yeah. So one tweet, an entire career. Oh, I don't agree. Okay. I'm just, I'm just curious as to, as to how this goes, how this is, is, is supposed to work. Free speech got you out. Hmm. That's that. That is one heck of a statement. The part of of uh, Reggie's nonsense is we can't have a country with white supremacy, Nazis, Black Panthers, racist stuff, and anti-Semitics. We can't have people wearing swastikas because it's a freedom of expression. The only reason to allow people to wear swastikas is because freedom of expression. The question is, should you be? Right. You, the way Reggie discusses it, we can't have this. No, no, no. In a free country, you sometimes have this. And then the rest of us say that's disgusting. You know why? Because the country in and of itself is good and moral and has itself a backbone. And what's happening is some of the country has said, well, we're not, we don't think you're doing enough, and so we have to force you into things you wouldn't even normally do, and we have to do it through fear tactics. And that's what we're seeing a lot of. When a restaurant is asked, so what's your position on Black Lives Matter? Well, we serve everybody who comes in the door. Not enough. You have to have a written down position that you support Black Lives Matter and you're going to hire these managers and do these things. Otherwise, you don't really care. That's not about equity. That is about bullying. That is some low-rent mafia stuff. That is, you got a nice place here. It'd be a shame if something happened to it. Oh! Oh, my God. That's what it is. That's exactly what it is. And, and, and they think that they're good and moral. 
the biggest problem that people have with the idea of freedom of speech is that they think that everyone's going to think like they do. Some people are jerks. And that's the price you pay in a free society. And what I keep trying to share is that it's worth the price. It's absolutely, without question, worth the price. Your car's seatbelt, safety miracle or decapitation nightmare? What is the connection between rain and farming? The answer may surprise you. Heroin, sex, machine guns, flamethrowers, murder. There's no story here. We've just found that ratings go up when we say those words. It's time for the worst headline of the day. And here it is. I'm telling you right now, I couldn't make it up. And I'm not going to explain the story. It's from the Washington Post. And the headline is, China rolls out anal swab coronavirus test, saying it's more accurate than throat method. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> Who wrote that? Um, <laughs> someone at the at the Washington Post wrote that headline. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, may- maybe I should have given some warning. Maybe. Maybe that would have been. Maybe, what if you had kids in the car? Oh gosh, just to see the reaction on their face to hear anal swab for the first time on radio. I don't know. Maybe they heard it at home before. I don't know how your life is. Um, um, <sighs> warm out today, warm yesterday, even warmer today. Just, just had to make it a little more awkward. I, do I really have to share the story? Cause I really don't want to share, uh, the, 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 the story. Wouldn't you want the most? You want the most accurate test, but the, the the nasal swab test mostly works. And honestly, um, uh, I, I haven't haven't frontline workers suffered enough? Haven't they been through enough? Do they need this too? So here I am. A year ago, it was two weeks to flatten the curve, and now it's wear two masks and get your anal swab. That was posted uh, by some some fellow radio hosts here, Hammer and Nigel, on on social media. I'm like, that's that's exactly perfect. That is completely where we are. What a what a strange life. Uh, I have never. Have you ever been tested for coronavirus, producer? Uh, no. N- me me neither. I think I've had it though. Do you? Do you? So I'm basing it just off probability. I think because I bite my nails all the time. I think it's more likely than not I've had it and was just asymptomatic. Right. I I have had moments where I haven't felt well. I like I had a day where I thought I really had a a, a cold, and that was it. So is that it? Am I going to test and have antibodies, or am I? I wouldn't even think to waste the time of people to go about getting tested, and that's just it. Whether it's an asymptomatic conversation or what have you, the idea that I would go and waste people's time, and some medical professionals, getting tested when I'm healthy and fine, and and one day I have the sniffles, I'm not gonna, I don't wanna do that to people. And to think that I would then go get tested by anal swab, 
Um, uh, for, for the record, I had a bet uh, that I would say anal swab f- at least four times on the show. I have now accomplished that, so I'm, I'm in for some good money. I thank you all for helping me do that. I'm taking you all out for a root beer float after this. I'm Tony Katz. So the markets got punched in the face yesterday hard, but Apple, they're like, yeah, we can take anything you throw at us. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. So good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, the podcast at rumble.com. They booked more than $100 billion in revenue. It's the first time ever. They have on hand close to $200 billion in cash. Cash. I don't know where you keep all that money, but they must have a place. They got to know a guy. I believe they have it all invested in GameStop. (laughs) They've done very well. $111.4 billion in first quarter earnings for fiscal 2021. It's the first time they've ever crossed that mark in a single quarter. Sales up 21% year over year. What makes this so fascinating is that... We're talking about a COVID year. Is it possible that people weren't spending on going out to eat? They weren't spending on vacations. They weren't doing those things. And so therefore they had the money to buy that new phone. After all, they were spending a lot more time on, you know, with their technology. They they needed the new computer, right? Because the kids, uh, they were going to be home. Do you know what was impossible during those months of May, June, July to find? A desk. All in, because everybody bought a desk for, you know, the computer so the kids could do the work or they were working from home or what have you. You went to Ikea, you could not find a desk. Was just, we found we found ours uh, for sale on the Nextdoor app. My, my wife saw it and said yes, didn't even really look at it. Turns out it worked, works great. But we couldn't find one. It was crazy how that was happening. So maybe that's just, you know, one of the reasons this worked out. But coming soon after the Apple conversation, here comes Zuckerberg. And Zuckerberg and Facebook is like, you know what? You want a little war? We can do a little war, my friends. I don't mind because what you've been doing to us... Let me tell you right there, that is just downright unacceptable. Yeah, I got a thing for the mafia movies. What of it? Zuckerberg is so angry with Apple, saying that Apple may say they're doing this to help people, but the move clearly track with their competitive interests. What are they doing? They're changing privacy policies and security policies that prevent Facebook from doing, well, the things that they've been doing and keeping an eye on you and what you're doing online. 
So Zuckerberg's view is that Apple's move limits how advertisers can track iPhone users on iOS. And this, according to the people at 9to5Mac.com, says this is an incentive to interfere with Facebook and force a preference on Apple's own apps. Well, there, there is an issue there because as we have seen, for example, with Microsoft Explorer back in the day, it was getting prepackaged and people were saying it's an unfair advantage for you to be pushing your browser as opposed to giving people the opportunity to utilize a browser. And they got slapped around plenty for that. So this is now the argument, it seems, that Facebook is making, that what you're doing is making it more difficult for us so people will now use, I don't know, whatever it is you suggest they use. Now, I have not heard anybody say that Apple wants to get into the Facebook business, right? That's not really been uh, discussed. But could Apple get into some level of social platform business? Remember, these are the people who said, Parlor, you can't be on our app store. And of course, Tim Cook was wrong. Tim Cook clearly has a mind, but sometimes he does not... He does not play well with others. He does not utilize that mind to the best of his ability. Tim Cook, I think, has had great opportunities to do greater things and hasn't taken those greater things, hasn't taken those opportunities. But could they get into some level of, of app? They, they, they've got the server space. <laughs> they, they wouldn't have that issue. Who's going to take them down? They exist in their own ecosystem. I don't know. Maybe there's maybe they think there is a place to compete. I came across a um a social media app for cigars. I was it was actually uh Sarah who runs social media for us. And she's like, Have you have you seen this? I'm like, no, have I seen what? It was was Stogie Life or Stogie Lives or something like that. And it was uh, it was an app for cigar cigar fans. Yeah, stogielives.com. And it's basically like a Facebook for people who smoke cigars. I was like, ah, oh, that's that that's fascinating. I'm sure they could do the same and really try and drive Facebook just crazy. Because Facebook has tried to get into the idea of having their own peripherals. I don't think Portal or whatever they were using is that, you know, connectivity thing like an Alexa or, you know, or Google Home. Right? I don't think it's taken off to any, any such degree. I don't think anybody really has the Facebook one. But Apple feels like they are in a very, very good spot to do damage. And and we should also be clear, when I talk about Tim Cook, I think he has misstepped in many ways. He may like really take this seriously and think that this is a privacy issue and go the other way that you continue to build loyalty by ensuring the privacy and even though you can make money on the data, it's better to make money this way because in the end we're still a hardware company. Now, I don't know if they see themselves as a hardware company as they did in the past. Right? Because even when you take a look at the apps, the apps are really made by others, and those app manufacturers are infuriated that Apple takes such a big cut 
That's a fight, and that fight's going to continue because I think Apple takes 30% of each app sold. You know? Well, if you want to sell, you're going to sell in, in their store, or you don't sell in their store, you don't play in their ecosystem. Me, I've been in their ecosystem for years, and I'm just working my way out because the laptop they sold me in 2017 with what's called a butterfly keyboard, they I just had the keyboard replaced. It's still trash. It's just an unenjoyable unit. My iPhone, I have a 7 Plus. It's too old? I need the 12? Nah. But you clearly did throttle down older phones. I I don't I don't think I should I don't think I should reward that. You took Parler off for no other reason than you wanted to. It wasn't because they weren't citing rights. That's just untrue. They weren't as a company inciting anything. We'll see where I end up. But if they're going to play at least against Facebook in this idea of privacy and say the privacy comes first, that is a winning argument for many. I'm Tony Katz.